Hello and welcome to Content with Content, the podcast where we talk about different content creators and what we like about them and what we don't like about them. I am Brent. I forgot to make up a uh, nickname, Sorgenfree, and with me, as always, is the master of anime, Oliver Books. Cool. I I, I do like me some uh, cartoons. <laughs> A nerd yeah. somewhere is going to get mad at me for saying that, but you know what? It's fine. It's, I, I also take myself very seriously. Yeah, this is a possibly low energy episode because we've all said we're tired before recording, and so it's just, it's, guys, it's just, it's fine. Cartoons, anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Four on my Switch, and it's been lovely. Mm-hmm. What do you like about it? Uh. Not the story. <laughs> well, like in game, the like the quests are fine mm-hmm. and fun, and like uh, I do notice being like, n- I, okay, so I notice that they try to use film logic in some of their storytelling. Like they try to use foreshadowing and reference and metaphor and theme, but they do it very ham-handedly, ham-fistedly. The, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, ooh, it's, I, I hesitate to use the word cheesy. It just seems like, it's deep like how the Joker was deep. Yeah. Where it's like, it looks cool and there's maybe some like, whoa, mm-hmm. but it's not actually that smart, but it's also about being a pirate and shooting ships and getting in naval fights and bar brawls and so like do i really want to be smart probably not who cares really yeah yeah. i was thinking about fight club today um yeah and to a lesser extent catcher in the rye Uh and my thought about both of those pieces of media is that they they're they appeal greatly to people in their teens and early 20s, but they're really made for people in their late 20s and onward, where it's like you look back and go, oh, yeah, that's all the stuff I was doing wrong. <laughs> but, but as a kid, you're like, this is the way I should live my life. That's funny. Oh, yeah. yeah I could totally see that. There's my nickname. Holden Caulfield thinks I'm a phony. <laughs> he told me so. Super, Super Eye Patch Wolf. Yeah, how did you find out about Senor Eye Patch Wolf? I just, I just want to, I just want to say, uh, Jinx, uh, <laughs> you owe me a coffee. <laughs> okay. Ah! Uh, how did I find? Uh, so about a year ago, I went on a hunt for anime YouTubers I did not hate. Okay. Did did you have a problem with anime anime YouTubers that you used to not hate, but then started? No, it, uh, not quite. It. I was just kind of on the hunt for. I, I kind of go through content waves, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it'll be for a long time. It was video games like Nintendo and Pokemon exclusively, and then I kind of veered off into like music theory and guitar stuff, and then. I started watching my mother's basement content mm-hmm. because I started to get back into anime in like kind of a real way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been a part of what I watch, like at least 30% of my television, but then it became 
most of my television. Okay. Um, but I, and so I was looking for mostly for people. I like YouTubers a lot because I find that they are able to recommend me things in a way that I think is, well, I can agree with and I can see their logic. It's not just like, you know, a rotten tomatoes aggregate score. Cause mm-hmm. I with, especially with something as that requires such a time commitment like anime where, you know, the least amount of episodes you're going to watch is 12, 20 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. I want someone who I can see why they are presenting me with this, with this product or with this review. And if, if I agree with their mindset, then I agree with, I generally will agree with whether or not the show is good. Okay. So what I found is that most anime YouTubers, I can't fucking stand. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I, that does, that's not a direct correlation for me in wrestling, but there is, I, I find a similar thing with wrestling YouTube slash podcasts yeah. where a lot of it, 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 like I know pretty quickly if I'm going to like it or not. And there's also a, a delayed thing where there's certain people who ascend to the echelon where I can continually recycle through their content and it's amazing yeah and there are people where once was once was good thank you (laughs) yeah i for me the someone who comes to mind is one of the most popular anime youtubers the anime man now i don't have anything against him i actually think he's a really really good content creator but i think he uh showcases the point really well for me Mm -hmm. and that's i like his content and i well, I, I sort of like his content, and I kind of agree with his taste maybe 75% of the time, which is pretty good, but I'd never, ever agree with how he gets from... Point A to point B? Right. I don't... Like, our brains must just process things differently. I don't think he uses the same metrics as me to see why a show is good. Um, I, I also think, like, to be a snob about it, I think he says that's underground, so it's inherently better sometimes. Mm-hmm. And while I am a fan of a lot of underground media, I don't think that that is a cause for it to be good. Yeah, it's it's kind of the Green Day argument where do you not sell out and continue to play clubs forever and ever or do you make a decision to allow as many people as possible who want to hear your music be able to hear your music right right and and that kind of goes back to the 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 fight club catcher in the rye (laughs) thing where at 34 i'm like you should if people want your content you should make that available to them as opposed to like right you know i gotta maintain my hipster street cred right right and I, yeah and to be fair anime there's something about the production value mm-hmm. you know it's it's a it's it's a production i i want i want to want to look at it mm-hmm. um but anyway so super eyepatch wolf has a series called why you should watch blank yeah and i have not watched all of the shows that he has on that series i have watched most of them and i love hearing him unpack them in ways that are interesting to me yeah um and that makes me think that 
uh, for instance, I just I only started a show called Hunter Hunter. Um, that was his first video, maybe. Might have been. Might have been. I, it's an old one. I actually yeah. just watched it today. No, I saw on one of the videos I was watching, he was talking about. Oh, it was that bleach one you sent me mm-hmm. because he was doing it for a while and never really some whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he it was up on the screen it said hunter hunter and he was referencing that was his first video i think okay yeah that uh, wouldn't surprise me that I, you can kind of tell like the voice quality is not like quite as good as it is in later episodes and um i don't think he's as eloquent of a speaker as he becomes in later episodes in in that one but yeah let's go back and listen to episode one of the show right right exactly exactly and so I, yeah i but yeah so i watched that today and, and it made me think oh i need to go back and watch hunter hunter because i didn't really give it a chance and i was trying to watch it with someone who wasn't like an anime fan mm-hmm. and i think the thing with that show is it's it's better to go into it having a knowledge of kind of what it's doing differently than other anime kind of in its genre. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I have no idea what it's called, but there's a movie that editor film editors love and everybody else hates, but uh, 1917. No, it's like an old, <laughs> oh, okay. old French movie or something like that. Right on. But it, it uses a bunch of concepts in interesting ways that if you have gone to school for editing, you will specifically be able to, understand the film grammar that it's using and sure. if you haven't it's a pile of dog poop sure sure and i think art house and film review in general falls into that category sometimes mm-hmm. or into that trap where it's you know that's why the the rotten tomatoes have two aggregate scores right yeah the critics and audience scores um because i was actually just looking at something today that had a, a critical reception of 83 percent and an audience score of 23 what what was that do you know or are you I, I can pull it up because I, uh, I just watched a movie but uh called the endless that i really liked kind of the same thing though audience score was le- less than like i want to say 60 something percent and the critical re- reception was 92 or 93 okay um and it was by the same directors um and i after midnight is what it's called um and yeah yeah audience score 48 percent, critics 88 yep yeah. <laughs> uh but i really liked the endless i I, th- I thought it was really good but i've also in watching all of these video essays on youtube for years at this point mm-hmm. i kind of understand what the critics are looking at a little bit more yeah you understand film on a deeper level i hesitate to say that because it sounds so generalized yeah but it's a it's a like a it's a well god i'm sounding like a fucking pretentious douche but like the language of filmmaking yeah 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 which i I think is i don't mean it to be pretentious and i don't necessarily it's like my definition of um humble is an accurate depiction of your skills or ability Mm -hmm. and like if you have in taken this content it's not the same but it's similar to going to film school and you're going to understand it more mm-hmm. than the lay person yeah in the same way as because i have watched and intake in wrestling content for years and years and years right i can maybe point out things that sh- 
other people wouldn't understand or or you know i have mm-hmm. more we went to a live wrestling show back when you could do that yeah <laughs> and it was me who was probably the most into wrestling out of everybody who was there and then four of my buddies and i kept being like this is going on and this is going on and this guy and this girl are actually dating in real life and this and that and this oh and that's ha- fun yeah. yeah and like i I don't mean it to be pretentious, but I just right. like I have more a vested no, interest. But I have more knowledge on this particular topic than the average person. Right, it doesn't mean that I have the most knowledge, but I still have more knowledge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny too because anime uh, and wrestling too are kind of like looked down on by your average critical person mm-hmm. or av- um. And I think there's a lot of really deep, impactful, meaningful things that are happening. For instance, with anime, the number one movie in the world right uh, around the beginning of the pandemic time was anime. What was it? Uh, Demon Slayer, uh, something about being on a train. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It it and I. That's one of those things. Like I watched Demon Slayer and I liked it a lot, but it is intensely intensely popular right now okay like the biggest anime in the world probably or close to it okay um but yeah anyway initial gut reactions on super eye patch wolf yeah um i had that same experience with the completionist where i watched one of his videos and i was like oh i have seen this before Hmm. um and also i was re-listening to the attitude era podcast again because I got a little sad listening to all this stuff talk about, or all this political talk on this other stuff, and I was like, I need to take a vacation. Yeah. And yeah. I noticed that they referenced him. Um, Interesting. But yeah. I, Attitude, is, a, is that a wrestling thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, in my, in my opinion, it's the number one wrestling content thing there is. Cool. Okay, yeah, because I know you've mentioned it, and I just... Yeah. I should assume. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was really good. He, I really like his Irish accent. Yes. It's, it's I, I'm not good enough with accents, like UK accents where I can place where they are. And I mm-hmm. know it's, Ireland is not in the UK, but mm-hmm. it it's similar where Dublin has a little bit different accent than other places. Sure. But no, I, I enjoyed it. I started out watching his reassessment of Bleach. Sure which was about an hour long mm-hmm. um, and it was really good for the first 20 minutes mm-hmm. and I may or may not have taken a muscle relaxer because I hurt my shoulder <laughs> this week <laughs> and sure. uh, started fading out at the end um, Yeah, and it was right away it was a lot of like set and st- setting the stage and, and you know this is my opinion before and this is my opinion after and this is how I'm going to do reassess this and I was on board for all that and then he went started talking about the story and I was just like I don't really care about the story sure sure um, but yeah and I I don't know it's pretty good stuff yeah is my initial gut reaction that's nice did you watch uh, any of his uh, some of his wrestling content yes I was curious about that because he, uh, he just talks a lot about like Japanese wrestling he does I watched um, one on the Undertaker oh yeah the long term storytelling or something yeah, yeah. and uh, strangely enough uh, today I was listening to the Attitude Era talk about the Undertaker last ride documentary 
which is a fairly recently released documentary by the WWE because the mm-hmm. Undertaker has retired, and I'm using air quotes. <laughs> but, but I mean, it really seems like he has because he was on Hot Ones, and he was he's doing public appearances. And which he's never done. Yeah, he right? was, back in the day, they had this thing called kayfabe, which is you, if you are in public or anywhere where fans can interact with you you need to follow the storyline um and he he was the last guy to kind of live in that and i don't know they're they're breaking it down and it's he is a controversial figure kind of specific and it's weird because forever it was he is the person you see on tv and it's like he's a legend He, he you know he's to be treated with respect he takes us seriously and we should respect him for that and yeah. all of this stuff and then he gets to do joe rogan's podcast and say i like the locker room back when people brought guns and knives and did cool shit as opposed to playing video games and i'm like i don't know that i agree with that <laughs> and he wears a lot of t-shirts that you would have seen uh storming the Capitol. oh and you're like Wow, you're uh, one of those. Yeah, but no, I really, I, <laughs> I really liked his wrestling content. And then I didn't watch everything you sent me, but I also, I the other thing I watched was uh, his weird fandom stuff. Like he did one on The Simpsons, and then he did one on Sonic. Oh yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. That was really cool. He's got some of those that are, that kind of sneak up on you, mm-hmm. um, like the uh, the Shenmue video he does. I almost watched that one, but then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it ends up being like this really beautiful retrospective on Sega and the and the Dreamcast, which is an underrated system in my opinion. I think everyone agrees with that. To be, it just didn't have the game support, and it came out like the thing with video game consoles is don't release it first. Yes and no. I'm, it, Mark, it's really complicated. I've read two books on the history of video games. One was specifically Sega versus Nintendo, and the other mm-hmm. one was in general. Sure. Um, and Sega kind of got boned on the Dreamcast, where they were going to have a chip that eventually ended up in the PS1. Sure. And, well, and I know it was a... The, the the big famous thing from that time, again, I relearned, I know I have heard this, but relearned this in the Shenmue video is at the PS1 press conference, one of the executive comes out and just says oh, 299 which yeah. is $100 cheaper. Yeah, and the, the chip that they ended up having to use was more expensive and harder to develop games for. Oh. Yeah, but it's like, it, it's a weird thing because... I had one of those growing up and I have a great fondness for many games that were on that system. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it did have a little less power and it, that's around the time that graphics started being an important thing and frame rate started being an important thing. And Sega being the budget brand, like if, if you track the entire thing, they didn't transition from the, we need to beat Nintendo into we need to figure out how we can maintain being the top dog. And sure. that's kind of why they fell, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, like, I've always... I've had Nintendo consoles my whole life, so I have a, a fondness just for... I 
someone posted a meme the other day and this is about today's video game landscape and it's there are three kinds of video games there's bang bang action shooty boys mm-hmm. there's oh i get it this is a metaphor for depression <laughs> and nintendo okay <laughs> <laughs> and like i kind of get that uh it, yeah i'm trying to think of things that break that formula <laughs> but it's hard though that's yeah. the thing there's like art games there's sports and action that are all rated trm yeah and i mean sports bangs games could be in bang bang shooty shooty but right right there's a stretch and then like Final i feel Final. like it's the same demographic maybe yeah, but like, where does Final Fantasy and that kind of? Because I know there's 50 million Final Fantasy sure, sure. Type games. Yeah, I guess JRPGs, as a general rule, are definitely their own thing. So it, I guess that breaks it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, I, I understand what they're saying though. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I think Nintendo has a has a face, and that face is Mario. And Mario's been Mario for 30 years. Yeah, and it's it's again kind of like the Undertaker thing. It's weird because. I liked Sonic more than I liked Mario as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's weird because I had a Nintendo, an NES, and I had a uh, Genesis. Sure, 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 sure. And so they weren't on equal footing, right, with the games that I had. But just like Sonic was a cool character, and yeah. I, I recently listened to a, a kind of, in my opinion, middling podcast that was a five-part docu series about. Sonic and the games and the comics and the fandom and mm-hmm. the movies. Sure. And it was it was nice to follow along because he wasn't ever my main guy or he, sure. my favorite video game character. I don't know that I ever really had a favorite video game character, but it's it's sad that he has lost the status that he once had because there was a time where he had 65% of the market share and was the biggest thing and then right. Mario came back and kicked him in the teeth, and now he's on Mario's console. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're going to the Olympics together. Yeah. Yeah. So with Eyepatch Wolf's delivery, there are some things that I really appreciate about him, but I think there's one thing in particular that keeps him from being great. Like, I think he's really, 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 really good on the cusp of greatness. What do you think is the thing? Um, I think instead of letting us know who he is, he he always places his own personality in as it relates to whatever he's talking about, as opposed to giving us a person to form a relationship with. Like, he is a video essayist, and it comes across as a very beautifully well thought out uh well formatted essay but not necessarily a guy talking to us and i understand that's not it's not like his his vibe that's not what he's going for it's not but it doesn't quite feel as personal as something i don't know maybe it's maybe it's the production styling but for some reason i i get this thing that it's not quite as personal as some of the YouTubers that are really uh, higher, like even higher on my list. Okay. I, I think I understand what you're saying. How would you compare him to uh, 
brows held high because it, it i mean it's cl- sure clearly not apples to apples but they both are video essayists right right um honestly about the same i i they are both people who have binged at least 90 percent of their uh videos on youtube okay um i'm still working through ipatch wolf just because he's a newer find and i've been watching brows held high forever yeah do you um, do you feel like that same thing holds back brows held high not quite uh because i think and ipatch wolf has done this a couple of times where it'll pan to him as a person but mm-hmm. i don't really know anything about ipatch wolf i know that i guess he's got some q a's that i haven't watched so i can't just put that yeah. out there um but i know he works in animation i know what he likes mm-hmm. but i don't know who he is whereas i think brows held high um i know he's uh an advocate uh social justice advocate i know that he uh cares about the history of film and what makes film like the language of film Mm -hmm. um i know that he has uh i know who his romantic partner is i know um i i just feel like i know how I know who he is a little bit more than Eyepatch Wolf, I guess. And I don't really know how to say it better than that. Yeah. I, and again, I haven't intaken nearly as much of his content as you have, but Mm -hmm. I feel like Browse Held High was a more, he had segments of his videos where it would get very, very personal and it would be him direct camera and you could tell that it was important to him, whatever he was saying. Yeah. And where as Super Patch Wolf has direct cameras, it didn't necessarily always have that same tone. And I guess I don't know that it needs to have that same tone. But, right. But it was more of this is what I've decided to put in this section of video versus this will have... With him, it's with Super Eye Patch Wolf. It, it's this is the part I decided to have me in the video, whereas Brows Held High has himself in the video saying this is going to be emotionally resident in in a way. Sure, prob- right, and that could be because he understands film grammar. I would say probably more than Super Eye Patch Wolf, and definitely more than I do. <laughs> um, that's really cool that you noticed that and pointed that out because I think that's exactly what it is yeah and i i mean i think he seems like a personable person he he's probably an eight on the hunko meter he is yeah like weirdly hot yeah i i wasn't expecting him to be as good looking as he was (laughs) and i specifically noticed he had very big arms Um, Mm. aj's probably gonna call me gay if he listens to this episode sweet um (laughs) but no it was like I felt like there was heart in his content and right and that's because I don't want to put that across because I I do think he's still personable and I, mm-hmm. I I love listening to it I think it's enthralling I think it's it's ca- captivating but yes yeah and I, what I'm specifically thinking about is he in the the weird fandom of the Simpsons he mm-hmm. he went through a bunch of stuff and then he went on to Bart Kira which is apparently (laughs) like a lot of different artists took Akira and put Simpsons characters through like 
shot for shot remade the graphic novel or the manga 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 i don't know yeah (laughs) it's manga he says manga he's irish it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) but but they did that and you know i got to hear him express in the this is probably the sticking point for me why i don't get into manga Mm -hmm. or graphic novels it's him saying this is my favorite piece or this is my favorite panel in this entire book. And I'm like, a lot of the panels look really cool. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I can appreciate that, that things such as the killing joke cover are iconic, or I can probably recognize action comics. Number one, because it's Superman and I've seen it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I don't, I don't emotionally connect with the art in the same way. Sure. But I, I was able to, and that's one of the reasons that I liked it is I was able to step into his shoes or his perspective and see two things that I really like coming together and being awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that that's, I saw crossovers on YouTube of super, I, um, <laughs> so I, t- I took my muscle relaxers on Saturday and fell asleep with my TV on, on one of his videos and it clicked over a couple times mm-hmm. and it went back to, um, Matt McMuscle's channel and it was him doing an interview or doing Matt McMuscle's is weird. Like some of his stuff is, is akin to super eye patch wolf where it's like, here's what we're going to do yeah. and I'm going to have a script and it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then his other stuff that I'm not such a big fan of is, I'm just kind of going to kind of bullshit about this topic and we're going to hope we get some good stuff. And I feel like that is a significant downgrade in quality. Right. And, and super eye patch wolf was on this thing that he was talking about. And I don't even remember what they were talking about. It was mm-hmm. probably a video game. Sure. But it's, it's it just like, I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's, I, I like seeing that. I botchamania is a, a thing that will have other wrestling personalities come on and every time it happens and I know the person I'm like yay yeah well and I think that's really fun in every form of media I was just talking with my girlfriend yesterday about uh, a country artist that she very very much very much enjoys and his name is Jason Isbell it's like that cool indie country it's not the no I um the well-read guys are big fans of Isbell yeah 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 yeah. um so interesting thing he his wife is in a band called the high women who are also awesome mm-hmm. cool indie country and then he got his start with a band called the drive-by truckers which is really neat and That's he's really good them. friends with ryan adams and so like it all i like I, it's I, this big thing yeah yeah and you know if if you like jason isbell's music you're probably gonna like the rest of those artists mm-hmm. you know I, I and it's neat to know how they all kind of intermix and mingle yeah. and yeah i just I, I think that and that's i like to see that in every form of media mm-hmm. um yeah i bet wolf has a podcast too that i've never listened to yeah i i heard him talk about that on a few things so i'm assuming it's a little bit newer and i didn't do research on that yeah it's yeah it's called let's fight a boss and I, again i i haven't listened to it yet but you know we talk about mostly youtube folks yeah i i like the i like the i like seeing what people do with different medium 
Um, mm -hmm. There's a person yeah. I really, really like his YouTube videos, and I tried to listen to his podcast, and it was like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But it was, it was, I would put his YouTube content at an eight and a half or a nine, and I would put his podcast at like a four or a five. Is this Finn McKinty? It is. <laughs> And I like I love the punk rock NBA. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It does that thing where he'll tell you something and it'll explode your mind and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I never knew that." And it, yeah, it connects over here and over here and over here. <laughs> yeah, and yep. then he's interviewing a musician and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, we we write a lot a lot of songs about drugs because we were in our twenties and we're doing a lot of drugs and now now I have kids, so it's different." I'm like, oh wow, that's very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> That's because most music isn't actually deep. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think just in general, I what I have f found with, like, this guy in particular, Patch Wolf in particular, is it, it hits that thing, and I don't exactly know what it is, but it hits that thing I, that's like a mix between like personable I can understand where they're coming from uh, I enjoy watching and listening to their content also I'm able to watch or listen or both mm -hmm. um, which is kind of important for me um, and it's about topics that I'm interested in mm -hmm. um, and so I just yeah, I don't know I, I started watching his videos like I, I'm gonna just watch everything this guy has to say yeah that happened to me a few months ago with the tri channel where it like I was looking for one chip challenge videos mm -hmm. and I clicked on a couple that I wasn't a big fan of and theirs was one of the ones towards the top and I was like this is really interesting and yeah and then I found a bunch of other stuff on their channel that I liked and there's some stuff that it where they try and just like regular candies it's like who cares right right but the alcohol ones or them eating hot food it's weird that I enjoy people being in pain <laughs> from eating hot foods <laughs> as much as I do I mean I don't know do you remember uh, when fail army was a big deal I know that it was I used to see their videos on Facebook when I was still on Facebook yeah it was like a really really big deal for a a hot minute and like it was funny for like a couple of months yeah and then it's i mean how many times can you laugh at ow my balls yeah well according to idiocracy it, forever but still yeah it, and i think i don't know i think there is there's ways that you can keep that fresh or fresher sure but we don't need to go yeah yeah and i think there's Ooh, yawning. No, no, I'm not tired. I'm I'm awake. I'm a personality. I'm I'm an internet person. I never get tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a YouTuber, guys. But no, yeah, his content's really good. Um yeah, and I liked his his Sonic thing where he he kind of deconstructed the the Sonic fandom and Sonic is interesting because it was the people who were really into the games and there was a British comic and an American comic and there was also two cartoon shows. I uh, think there was three cartoon shows, but... I think there was two and then they both got canceled and then there's another one and there's like a new internet comic. Okay, so, yeah. And there's also like cr crazy rule... What's that rule about if there's... If there's oh, some, rule 34 yeah if there's something out there there's porn about it <sighs> yeah yeah and he went into all of that and there's a divide apparently between people who 
only think Sonic should be in 2D versus 3D, and Sonic has to try and navigate all of this stuff, and the the fandom has kind of pulled it in such vastly different directions that right. they're not going to reconsolidate, or it's very hard for them to reconsolidate. Man, and yeah. In a meaningful way. Right. Fandoms generally kind of suck. That's, you know, that's that almost same exact thing is happening to Pokemon. Like... So, you look at Mario. Every time there's a Mario game, everyone's just like, yes, Mario! Yeah. Every time there's a Sonic game or a Pokemon game, look at the comment section. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. And they're very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It, it is and it isn't. I think that, you know, <laughs> one of the wrestling podcasts I listen to says that nobody hates... There's, like, two fandoms... Like, nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. And wrestling is, is a similar way where... I can't explain it in wrestling, but Star Wars, if, you, if you're talking about regular, the nine movie canon, mm-hmm. about half of those are good. Sure. Like, generally right. considered by the fans to be good. Yeah. And that's weird where there 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 isn't a consensus on, yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's always weirded me out, too. I don't know. I, I Because the things that I like, I kind of like past their flaws. And so, yeah. I mean, or I'm willing to forgive flaws a little bit easier, I guess. Um, yeah. I can see that. I'm not really into Star Wars. I like Same. the Ewoks. Like, they're yeah. cute and they're teddy bears. Yeah. Why wouldn't you not like them? And it's a kid's movie if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, man, speaking of fandoms being ridiculous, just the fact that so many people get so bent out of shape about properties that are directly aimed at kids baffles me. I get that you grew up with it, bro, but settle the fuck down. It's not that serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the the whole they ruined my childhood yeah. thing. It's like, no, they didn't. Your childhood, it happened already. Yeah, and also if you go back and watch some of that stuff with an adult with an adult brain it is not as good as you remember it dude i used to fucking love rush hour the chris tucker jackie chan movie hell yeah actually more more terrible than that i used to fucking love shanghai noon and shanghai nights with owen wilson yeah Yeah. wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah he had a really good career there for a while and i don't know what he's doing now yeah, yeah, he was in like some Wes Anderson stuff. He was. Huh. Yeah, I wonder what happened to him. I know well, he had a mental breakdown. Really? I heard that he may or may not have committed suicide, like or attempted to commit suicide. <gasps> right, right. Huh. Man, that's heavy. Yeah. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so coming back to iPatch Wolf and a thing that we you kind of barely touched on, but. I, I do want to unpack a little bit is so he works in animation and he's got a very deep knowledge of what makes graphics good and he does um, he does a series about like why the Dragon Ball Z manga is so good okay and it, it's really fascinating to hear him talk about flow through a page and how people build up tension with page turns and how people draw people's or how the creators draw people's eye across pages. Okay. Um, 
there was a time in my life uh probably around like late 90s to early mid aughts mm-hmm. um i fucking loved manga i i was a subscriber to a series called shonen jump um which continues to be the biggest manga in the world um it's it, a, like is a collection like a pub okay it's a collection it's not a like publication a pub. it monthly okay. oh yeah he was talking about that in the the bleach video and they were there's he was specifically saying that it it's unclear as to how they lay out the magazine and people were citing flawed or possibly flawed evidence that the popularity of something will dictate its position so if it's farther back in the magazine it is not as popular and he could he countered that with well there's a possibility because we don't know the logic of of how they laid it out right that they would put popular stuff in the back so people would flip through everything else to get to that right right <clears throat> yes yeah I, okay and so i used to read bleach okay. i used to read uh one piece and naruto uh when in those those properties were brand 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 new okay um and now one piece is uh, other than demon slayer as i mentioned earlier one piece has been the number one seller for the last like 10 years mm-hmm. like basically across everything it's like them naruto and it was bleach until it wasn't bleach right 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 but hearing his take on why why those properties are are interesting to read mm-hmm is fascinating like when he unpacks in bleach how the art stops being interesting and it just starts being pictures on a page as opposed to like a a dynamic experience okay that's really interesting to me Mm -hmm. and it honestly he more than any of the other uh, people that i've watched has made me want to get back into manga okay yeah and i to be honest, like anytime somebody shows pictures and explains why they're cool, I'm like, this seems like a good idea in the same way as every now and again, I'll think it's a really good idea to buy a guitar again and learn how to play. And then I have that thought click over in my head, like you're going to play it for maybe a week and then it's going to sit in the corner for three years. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Yeah. I I would like to get into it, but I there, there seems to be, a, can, there continues to be a barrier of entry and I'm not sure if it's something to do with my brain how i don't understand the flow of the page or also reading is not the preferred form for me to intake content i would probably do better with an anime sure sure and the bottom line is anime is just as good yeah (laughs) i mean my favorite anime doesn't have a manga that it's adapted from what's your favorite anime cowboy bebop i know that yeah Um, i think he does a why you should watch cowboy bebop episode two and it's real good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, everyone should watch Cowboy Bebop. Everyone. I'm not going to, but thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> it's 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 just a should. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. So I, I in, we were talking about Browse Held High and how some of these content creators have expanded my... Um, awareness of how to watch movies and, and the language mm-hmm. therein. I think he's done that with manga in the sense that, like, if I were to go back to it now, I could maybe differentiate between, like, why something captures me and why it doesn't. Because I feel like generally 
most people, myself included, have a good sense of like, this is good. I'm enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think a lot of people have a very good sense of why. And I think that's what, what makes me really appreciate content creators. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a perfect explanation of why I like a lot of the stuff on the small beans network so much is, is I don't necessarily want to watch every Stephen King adaptation, but I would like to listen to people who are involved in the film industry, break it down and say, this is what was good. This is what was bad. Mm -hmm. This is what was probably bad from Stephen King's point of view, which is, I don't, maybe there's a lot of people talking crap about Stephen King, but they, they, uh, I think it's frame rate. It's either that or director piece theater on the small beans network. They were recently talking about maximum overdrive, okay. which is the only Stephen King adaptation that he directed. Huh. And apparently he was doing a lot of cocaine on the set <laughs> and the movie is not good. I thing is directing a movie is different than uh, writing a book. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, and Yeah. I, I don't understand why books, like written books, are seemingly so prevalent in the adaptation market. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there, it, maybe it's, it's like a manga to anime thing. Maybe there are just good stories that people want to adapt. Like my favorite director, Stanley Kubrick, most of his movies are adaptations of mm-hmm. literature, which is weird to me. Like Lolita, The Shining. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, these are adaptations, and that it's not like he's hurting for content or ideas. He's Mm -hmm. he's a he's brilliant. Was brilliant. Very dead now. Very Um, very dead. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but there's also there. I was just listening to a philosophize this episode about. making art for the medium and mm. i've never read the shining i tried to read a clock i've never read any of those the mm-hmm. books that his stuff is based on sure um but i did take a class in college that was comprehensive writing and essentially what the class was was read a book watch a movie tell what's different Mm. And one of the movies that we or books and movies that we read was No Country for Old Men. Oh. Which is a wonderful movie by probably my favorite living directors, maybe my favorite directors of all time. Sure. And the book blows that movie out of the water. Because it can do what books can only do, where it can put you inside three different characters' heads and tell you the motivations and what mm-hmm. they see. And here's the thing that I'm going to counter that with, and that's why the Shining movie is better than the Shining book. And Ipatch Wolf also does a whole video about this, but Stanley Kubrick does a really good job of make like film can't do that. Yeah, but it can do other things like mm-hmm. impart atmosphere. I mean, books can like tell you about the atmosphere yeah. and and get you there, but a film can show why things are uncomfortable. They can do things like make things into the uncanny valley or just they can use their medium in the proper way to tell the story that they're trying to tell right right in the same way that books can but 
those are not that's not a one-to-one thing like just because a book can do it doesn't mean a movie can do it right right and that's i think why it's so interesting that's why like specifically kubrick's adaptations and some other very very like uh, accomplished adaptations that's why it's so interesting is because they're succeeding in doing what movies can do to this property Hmm. whereas the book is doing what books can do to this property i guess i've never read or watched there will be blood or no uh, no country for no no country for old men I, i haven't i haven't seen or read either i haven't okay yeah um it's been on my watch list since it came out basically it's it was, pretty good yeah it seems you, like it's pretty good you probably like it i bet i would i bet i would um and yeah i just i i think that's fascinating and i think going back to that question of um why why do i like this mm-hmm. uh, if i can answer that question it also opens up my whole vision to a whole s- slew of more movies that I will enjoy because I know the why of of like the I knew all the pieces why something like oh gosh what's a popular movie that's still really good the Avengers I know why I had fun watching the Avengers mm-hmm. it's because of this 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 and this now if I watch a movie that I didn't initially like that wouldn't have given me that like hooray joy feeling boom bang explosion i'm sucked in Mm -hmm. but it contained all of those parts i still get a huge degree of satisfaction out of it Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like i've been given the tools and now i can unscrew screws anywhere yeah and the that's again that was one of the things that came up in that maximum overdrive episode where they were they were saying that there's elements to that film that happen because that's stuff that happens in movies, but it doesn't make sense in the world that they have built in the movie that you're watching. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, that it's makes really sense. weird stuff. Like apparently the trucks go crazy or yeah, the trucks slash cars go crazy and try and kill people. And the next day they're eating in a diner, like nothing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not uh, to say that they wouldn't be eating because they're people and they have to eat, but the, the people who were yeah, you'd the, be a little shaken up. Yeah, we're we're saying that this tonally did not fit with the story that they were trying to tell. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and I again, I think he does a, a really good job at breaking stuff down and saying this is why this is important. And he he did that a lot in his wrestling videos. Where hey, I don't think that everybody needs to love wrestling. I don't even really like watching wrestling because there are things about it that frustrate me. Sure, where. It's so in my face that it is it is a predetermined contest that it it pulls me out of that. And he was talking sure. about that in other another review about movies, maybe, hmm. or somebody was. Yeah. Um, but I like I like listening to people talk about it. I like the overarching story, and, and to me, the best moments in wrestling is when the the fantasy of the story and the reality of real life overlap in a way that makes the story twice as compelling or three times as as compelling and it doesn't happen very often sure but over wrestling has been a real real a real real thing for about 30 years now 35 years maybe mm-hmm. and that's happened 10 ish times where it's fake but it's real but it's fake but it's real and it's playing out backstage and in front of the stage. And and a thing that wrestling fans who've been fans for a while would hate to talk about is the Montreal Screwjob. But as a person who is doesn't know about it, it is incredibly fascinating. It's, sure. it's the two top people in the company 
one guy got a contract that the promoter could not fulfill. The other guy was like, I'm the best in the business. They had legitimate animosity and got into like fights backstage. Mm -hmm. And then the promoter decided to screw the guy that he had the big contract with because he said, hey, I can't pay your contract. Go negotiate with the company. So the, the guy with the big contract who is the champion at the time is leaving. The promoter and this dick form a, a very small conspiracy to say we're going to beat him in this fake wrestling match without letting him know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like fallout and nobody is really the good guy in the story, but it, it's so fascinating to see all of the people and and personalities that are involved in this and mm-hmm. who knew and who didn't know. Sure. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think I think we're about time here but uh he's another one of those guys that uh maybe a video a month maybe even fewer than that at this point mm-hmm. it seems like he's i think he streams a fair amount and i think he um uh does his podcast more often um yeah i might check that out um yeah, yeah it's a video game podcast so it's maybe a little bit more in your direct wheelhouse yeah and i would like to like i'm i think i'm subscribed already and i would like to go back and go through some of his content because i kind of pushed off my homework a little bit yeah um i don't know that i will it might be like browse health high i haven't seen anything from in a long time sure sure but but i definitely would like to continue in taking his content you know what i really like about ipatch wolf's content so i'm doing this project in my back room right now Mm -hmm. um it's an unfinished room and i'm you know putting finishing it um, yeah i'm I'm making it happen um and i have like a a little oh clip on wireless bluetooth speaker and i link up my phone and i just put my phone in the corner of the room and i just listen to what he has to say about stuff mm-hmm. and I, I don't like the ones that are about manga as much okay but to hear him talk about like the history of stuff and anime and stuff mm-hmm. like i generally know what anime looks like and occasionally he'll reference what he's you know talking about in terms of visuals but i don't know maybe i should i, I should give his podcast a try too yeah yeah so what's like this so much. Uh, it's a video essay. So, again, we've kind of compared him to Browse Held, Browse Held High. Um, Mother's Basement is the same, but way different. Um, uh, gosh. Um, Gigguk does stuff like this. I mean, like, as far as anime YouTubers, it's kind of... Um, Wisecrack has a few videos that are kind of like this. They're anime side. Yeah. Um... um. Lindsay Ellis's video essays. Yeah. I would say Small Beans, Frame Rate, One Upsmanship, Director Piece Theater mm-hmm. are all very similar to this. Um, there's some stuff on the Parts Funknown that's, if you like his wrestling content, they, they do. Oh, yeah. Their history videos are great. Yeah. Um, they do that. What Culture has some videos like that, and Cultaholic also does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for what I can think of. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Folding Ideas is a channel that I discovered relatively recently. Not you know, um, they've got they're he's a very good video essayist. Um, H Bomber guy actually is pretty pretty similar as far as the video essays go. And th- I, all of these people have their own flavor, mm-hmm. obviously. But I mean, well, Peebs. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for absolutely. Video stuff and Matt McMuscles, who Super Eye Patch Wolf has crossover content with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so there's there's a lot of oh, Digibro is another anime guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarity here, and I think I think maybe that's why I, I mean that's why the algorithm jumped put put Eye Patch Wolf in front of me because it's. Uh, the same only different and it's very accessible i love the same only different yeah it's comfortable yeah and i still feel adventurous anyway what are we uh what are we up to next week so a listener actually texted me or not he dm'd me on twitter Mm -hmm. at c with c podcast Ooh. um and he had a suggestion eddie o'keefe from sitcan said sweet the marble olympics all right. Do you know well, about that? No. What is tell do uh, yeah, g- give give me the elevator pitch. The elevator pitch um Eddie O'Keefe likes it. Hank and John Green both like it. Oh shit, I'm in. <laughs> um <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Rogers 1 and or 2 and 3 like it. Yeah, um but it it's uh, I don't know if it's Marble Olympics, but it I think that'll get you there if you type that into the YouTube machine. Um cool. but it's colored marbles in different events in speech marks <laughs> essentially going through different courses nice. and they have team names and apparently there's a lot of it i've tried to watch a few videos but haven't haven't got into it yet cool um but yeah they, they compete for fictitious gold medals so it's kind of like the real olympics only different i am fascinated by this yeah. great i can't i can't wait cool so see you next wednesday see you next wednesday thank you for listening to content with content the podcast where we talk about youtubers podcasters switch streamers and all sorts of content creators you can find us online at contentwithcontentpod.com or at c with c on twitter we're fairly active there and shoot us an email at contentwithcontentpod at gmail.com Thanks so much for listening, and until the next time, we'll see you in the comment section. Today, we don't really have too much in the way of uh, extra content, so I'm going to give a shout-out to my old band, Absolute Brightness. We are no longer jamming, but we release some really good music, so check out Absolute Brightness. We're on Spotify and Apple Music and Tidal and, you know, everywhere that uh, digital music is distributed. My favorite song by us was Let It Go. Bye.